And welcome back, everybody. We're going to do a part two of honoring the shift and give you a little bit more insight into probably the next phase for those of you who have experienced a massive shift and you're in that sort of limbo land of, well, WTF do I do now? And how do I know what, what's the next step? And, and how long do I stay here for? Like, am I supposed to do something? How, where do I get my answers from? And again, if you are a strategic planner and you're used to being the one who's in charge of yourself, your household, your team, your organization, and you're in this phase it can cause you a great deal of unrest and it, it plays out differently for everybody. Okay, so what I'd like to do, if it's all right with you, I'd like to give you some of my personal experience and I'd like to do this so that you can see with clear lens that I think a couple things. One is that your coach is a person. And again, people will see every coach, if you're up on social media or wherever, I think a lot of us do, you know, a very strong job at posting content that is inspirational or motivational for our people. Okay, because we become that bank resource that people when they need our juice, that's the place that they go. And I do that on purpose, okay? But the other thing is what I think a lot of people don't realize is, okay, coaches are people too, <laughs> coaches are people too, but we have those times when we're low. And I know a majority of coaches who take ourselves through our coaching strategies, or I know all coaches have coaches. <laughs> so we coach with other people on the business front, on the personal development front, any front relationship front, and we use their strategies to work ourselves through what can be, in this case, a low time following a shift and putting yourself on a brand new track and building yourself up so that you can continue to have the resources to infuse your people, okay? Because I truly believe leadership is a very, it's a very external, externally focused mission. But when you're in that spot, you know, recognizing probably like your humanity, you can feel like, <laughs> shit, man, I, have nothing left to give. And this is not just because I've been working a lot. It's like my vessel is empty. I'm at the bottom of a pit right now and I need to huh, shake. I can't even shake this off. I need to realign myself and get myself back together at the core and, and get myself up and moving. All right. And so for me, Champion mindset coaching is one of those key strategies, but sometimes it travels, the places where you go are beyond typical standard mindset training, if you would. And what I'd like to bring up onto this call, because again, people come onto this podcast for a bunch of different reasons. Everybody on this podcast is at some transition point. And never in my 
entire life do I ever want to broadcast or make it seem as though if you're having a rough time, you are weak. Okay? Because this is what I know. The more gifts you have, the more responsibilities you have. Not just to use the gifts in, in like a small way, but you are granted your level of influence with a lot of gifts and highly developed gifts. You impact so many lives in ways that you don't even realize that you can be so used to operating in a very high space that you also have to ensure that you're infused, but you can have times yourself when you fall down and you bounce down, but it's you can't pull yourself out of it. Does that make sense? Like there's, <laughs> you, you go through these low times and I'm very particular and very intentional about bringing in psychological diagnoses on this podcast. When I took, <laughs> okay, so for those of you who don't know, I am a registered nurse by license, by trade, by history. I transitioned, okay? I now do like transitional life coaching, organizational leadership coaching. I'm a muscular development coach. Like I'm a coach. I'm the person that the help comes to when the help needs help, like in whatever capacity. I'm like the transition queen, okay? But when I took like my very first abnormal psychology class, I have a minor in psych, my major was in nursing, that the very first day our teacher said, you're going to be reading about a lot of stuff and you're going to think that you have every single abnormal psychological diagnosis that there is. You cannot self-diagnose. So when I have different topics. I am very, very cautious about bringing in psychological diagnoses onto my podcast, whether this is depression, whether this is bipolar. I, I don't, I'm a nurse. I'm not supposed to be diagnosing anything anyway. I'd like to keep this clear and refrain from training you to self-diagnose. Okay. That being said, if you require assistance, please be sure that you get the professional assistance that you need, okay? Coaching is where you come. Again, when you are committed to moving yourself forward, all right? Now, for my high-level achievers, high-level producers, I'm talking to CEOs, I'm talking to coaches, I'm talking to teachers, I'm talking to parents. You may not think that you're high-level producers, but you totally are, hello? Okay, or any person who's at a major transition point where something is you're needing to shift gears, but you're in such a low place, you can't even like pick yourself up. All right, so here's what I want you to know I've been there, and yes, I've been there following things like breakups. Okay, there was one time in particular, I was the one that broke up with the guy. He long since moved on. I was the one that was like crying like twice a day. I lost like 40 pounds. I actually was suicidal. Even though I knew <laughs> that the breakup was the right thing to do, I, it, it, I was crushed afterwards. Crushed afterwards. Not even just because he moved on, like it literally like ripped my heart into. I was actually suicidal. I had a plan, everything. 
the only thing that stopped me from moving forward with it was I didn't want my brother and sister to have to deal with the fallout of the effects it was going to have on my mom. That was literally the only reason why I didn't follow through with the plan at that time. And I'm telling you that with full, with full clarity, all right, as a person, like that's where I was, like a pit of lodum. I know, shocking. Like nobody knows that. And here I just put it on the podcast, all right? You have to own your shit, okay? I'm not one to like a broadcast. I don't like to energize problems. I don't. Life is moving forward. I'm moving forward with it. I found that the higher you go up the ranks and the more you are in a position to assist other people who are in major either times of crisis or you're the problem solver, the fewer resources you have to go to. And that was the situation that I found myself in. I was used, I was, I, I taught other people how to treat me. I was the person that they called when shit hit the fan. And when I attempted to reach out, they didn't know what to do with me because they had never seen me weak or emotional. And for me, it was more frustrating and worse for me to try to control a situation and walk people through the fact, you know what, it's okay. I'm a person. I have feelings. This is all right. I'm just crying right now. Like when your emotions are at the height like that, that's the last thing that you need to do. Okay. So what I'm telling you is I've been there before on a different end okay so that sort of like heartbreaking sadness and low pit that's one dimension okay so let's move past that let's talk about this is following up to our last podcast of honoring the shift okay the shift is different the shift is different than the fallout from a heartbreak okay a shift especially when this is a major life transition for you before things ever even show up like in in your physical world there's a shift which happens inside that where i am and i did a podcast on this also does your internal world match your external world and if the answer is no you know the answer to that straight up yes or no does your internal world match your external world and the answer is no guess what (laughs) something has to move okay and you can't lie to yourself so that oftentimes can be one avenue for you to examine and pinpoint is this a shift or is what's happening here a fundamental basic that I'm ignoring okay I'm ignoring my finances I'm ignoring my health and fitness I'm ignoring you know, the elephant in the room when it comes to my relationships, I'm ignoring, you know, God's tapping me on my shoulder. You're ignoring that stuff. Okay. The shift is different. The shift is, does my internal world match my external world? Yes or no? No. Okay, great. You're operating on two different levels of frequencies. Well, what happens afterwards? Okay. So this is what happens to me. And again, the purpose of this podcast is to show you that All people are human. The most successful people have bullshit going on in their lives and that you should never compare your path with what you think is other people are going through. And I want to get this out here because social media has made this world where everybody seems like 
gosh, everybody's life is so happy. And then you're sitting there with yourself and you're like, my life sucks. All right, I'm going to tell you. As a personal and like testimony here, I'm a coach and I will tell you some of the people who have the most positive or like blown up and happy lifestyle social media accounts have the worst home lives you would ever even know. I cannot tell you how many people post all these things about, you know, how magnificent their spouse is and their home life, but they come to me for coaching because that spouse that they just, you know, put all these wonderful things up there about is a freaking alcoholic. And they're passed out on the floor or, you know, they become violent and aggressive or you know, all this stuff about this woman. And meanwhile, she's been unfaithful and, you know, goes out to the clubs and all these different, like there's a major incongruency. Okay. So I want to get that out into the open. Okay. Because a lot of people put themselves in these spaces of depression and they end up in counseling for all of these things and what it really is is simply a misalignment of expectations and comparison of what you know your honest to god life is compared to what you're seeing via people's social media accounts okay so let's let's get that off the table okay the shift is different The shift is when you have acknowledgement, okay, of the fact that your internal and external life are not in alignment. They don't match one another. Okay, so this is the second step. Usually you have it begin as something inside isn't right. And now, now you're starting to be able to see the reveal. Where are those inconsistencies? Holy crap. And as you're going through it and you're looking at maybe it's inconsistencies in what you believe about money and how you use it, what you believe about health and fitness and how you actually govern it or or deploy it in your life, what you believe about marriage versus what's actually happening in yours or even in your dating life leading up to that marriage, okay? So there's like fundamental differences between what you believe, your values, your internal world, and what actually is in your world. Does that make sense? Okay, now, here's what I can tell you. Sometimes that acknowledgement is like, yep, knew it, okay, let's simply course correct. Okay, and that can be like health and fitness. Yep, I've been living, excuse my language, like a fat slob. I need to tighten my shit up and do something new. Okay, it's like clear as day. And other times it's like, oh my God, this is like fundamentally, it's something deeper, something deeper inside. And the more you look, the more you see, nothing in your life matches your internal, nothing. And it can put you into a dark, dark place where you're just like, this is what happened to me. Like uh, the, the, the way that my career had gone in the direction I was growing and building in so many different ways. And ultimately what happened was 
at the time, I thought I was doing shit work because I, I was just, you're in a wrong environment and when you have outgrown an environment, it's not comfortable for anybody. It's not comfortable for the people on the opposite side. It's not comfortable for you. And it, it makes you feel like it's bad, but it's not. But where do I go next? Okay. And then if I leave this, this was my thought process, then this is going to be affecting my finances. So now you're telling me that I'm going to have to somehow figure out a place where I'm going to have to go live because I can't afford to stay here anymore. And even though I know this is gonna be the right thing to do, like I, there's really no place else that I really wanna go. And you know what, this is like so much work. I just, I, this is exhausting to me. And now I just don't feel like working out anymore. And you know what, this, this is just not happening. And it was like one thing after another. That's what happened to me after the biggest shift, after that major shift. And it was something that I had known all along. This is not meant to be a long-term strategy anyway, but the fundamental shift occurred where I was doing some sort of a career that I wasn't even, like I didn't ever want to be a career woman. I wanted to be a mom, okay? And I was like worlds away, farther away. But even within that, you can have a career and be a mom. You can do both. It's called living a yes and life. You don't have to choose one or the other. But I started thinking about, okay, well, if I do that, then I'm gonna have to put my kid in daycare. How am I gonna afford that? I'm gonna have to work more in order to be able to afford the daycare, which means I'm gonna have to even work more to be able to afford daycare, and it was in this cycle. And you just end up in these tailspins where it's like you're fatiguing out. And it can become overwhelming when you're trying to make sense of the shift. And it's, it's simply like all these things which you know are there. You're just paying attention to them now. Okay, and it can be a rough go. And what happened with me was, and there probably was a large physiologic backing that happened to this. This started happening while I was competing. And I went from very, very intensive pre-contest prep and pulled myself freaking straight out of it, cold turkey. And it does a lot of stuff with your body and your mind and, and all things. So it probably was rougher than what actually needs to be, but that was the that was the path that I that I chose. And what happened was I found myself in a state of lowdom. And it wasn't like a depression. It wasn't like what I told you had happened after I broke up with that guy after heartbreak. This was something totally different. This was just like I, it was like my whole body was so, my, I was tired of my whole entire life. That's all I can tell you. And some people will say, oh, this is a midlife crisis. I don't care what you call it. You know, I believe midlife crisis is when you realize that your beliefs and how you're living are, or you, there's some beliefs that you've been holding and you realize that they're not correct. Okay, so maybe that's part of it. But again, for me, this was intentional that I know I'm still a very goal-oriented individual. I still know where it is that I want to go. It's what I've built up to this point has served me in this portion, but 
there's more to it. I just don't know how to make this jump and I'm not even sure what I'm jumping to at this point. And I have nobody to go to. I have nobody to talk to. I'm the go-to woman. And when I try to even express my feelings, I have people who are attacking and trying to get me to conform to something and don't change. And I'm telling you, it was freaking exhausting. It was freaking exhausting. And I just got super quiet. But the danger of being that quiet, and especially if you don't have a well-established inner circle, and I want to be clear about something. This doesn't mean that there wasn't people who, how do I say this, didn't love me. I had people who loved me, but nobody understood where I was. And half the time, I didn't even understand where the hell I was. I just know that I was changing on such a fast, on such a fast path that I found myself in a state where I couldn't even be around people. I couldn't be at the gym. Like everything, it felt like it hurt my nerves. It felt like my nerves were being graded raw. And again, this was several years ago. And I just remember coming home from work and just feeling listless. Just, I can't, I just can't. The only thing that I could do was like a little bit of yoga. Like that was the only thing that my body could tolerate. Um, I lost my appetite markedly. And even though, and again, I was coming off a contest prep, so I was gaining a lot of weight and then I was still going to work and it was like mayhem. And when I was going to work, then people were making comments and they knew that I was working with an adoption agency, but then they thought that I got pregnant. And so then I was having to deal with the questions about when is the baby due? And then asking, you know, are we're wondering, are you even working out anymore? And it was like, you're going through these changes and it's brutal. It is brutal. And I didn't even have the strength or the wantingness to even fucking defend myself anymore. Excuse my language. Like I, it was so overwhelming. And what I ha what I did was I would just come home and I don't even know what the hell I did for the first couple, first couple hours that I came home. I know that I, it took every ounce of me not to go to bed right when I got home, that I would go to sleep. Um, six o'clock at night, it was still light outside. And I remember a couple times my dad called. He was he would take his dog out for a walk in the evening time and he would call and I had nothing to say. Like I had, I'm sure my dad, he's got a very keen sense of intuition himself. Like I remember him calling me during those times and I couldn't even tell him like, what the hell? Like I was sleeping and it, it was just this weird, weird, weird time. And inside I was diagnosing myself and I was like, girl, you need some fucking help here, man. Like <laughs> you, you can't do this. You're not eating well. You're not working out. You're completely listless. Like if you look at the whole list of depression for yourself, you have basically every freaking thing. Okay. So you have a couple of choices because even though <laughs> I'm in this, I can still like, I'm still a clinician, right? So I'm sitting there and I'm like, well, this isn't even like depression is in like I'm moving towards a suicidal pathway this is like I could give a flying f about anything right now this is like beyond 
this is a low point I don't even know what the hell I don't even want to be with myself right now this is a miserable place and it was probably like that for a good two weeks following a shift following the shift that's the key here this wasn't willy-nilly this was following a shift and I remember one day I was laying in bed and this was another time when my faith was greatly strengthened. I think one of the very first times was following that breakup that I told you about. And the second time would be this particular time where I was laying in bed and I remember drifting off to sleep kind of. And I said to God, I said, you know what, dude, <laughs> you're going to have to do something here because I'm pretty sure that from this moment on, I'm not getting up out of this bed. I honest to God said that. And I know this is coming as a shock to those of you who know me, because I know that I'm touted as being one of the most positive people that you'll ever meet in your life. But I'm here to tell you that people who have very bright lives, very positive people, very influential people, you never escape the human factor. Okay, and I'm just showing you as a living testament that even when you go to dark, low places, you can still rise up and you can come out the other end triumphant. The path is rocky. I mean, let's face it, it just downright freaking sucks. But you can rebuild, you can remodel, you can build back up again, but you have to honor the space that you're in. Does that make sense? So anyway, I was laying there and again, it was totally light outside and I sat there in the bed and I said, dude, you're going to have to help me because I, I'm promising you I'm not getting up out of this bed. It's not like I'm going to take a handful of pills. It's not like I'm going to even do anything traumatic to myself. I am literally not getting up out of this bed. So I guess that that means, I know this sounds so crazy, I'm probably just going to like starve to death or something. I don't know what the hell is going to happen, but I, I'm not getting up out of this bed again. And I think that I fell asleep. I, I really don't know. I woke up or, you know, whatever you want to call it, snapped out of it or something. I just remember opening up my eyes and it was still light outside. And I went over to my closet. I don't know why. I just did. And I found a couple pieces of clothing. You probably have them yourself in your closet that you just don't wear. And... I put them in a bag and I turned around and went to bed and then woke up the next morning, went to work, came home, went back to the closet and went through the whole entire thing. And me as a competitor, I have like two sets of clothing. Okay. So I've got pre-contest clothing, which is like a size two. <laughs> and then I have my normal size clothing, which hell. It could be anywhere depending on the brand, you know, size six to like a size 12, depending on what phase of, of what I am or, you know, who the designer is. So I went through and I pulled out, I think it was like 12 bags of clothing. And that was, that's what happened. And I eventually started like this major, it was major purging of all kinds of things. I went and I went through all old books that I 
don't read anymore. And, you know, everything went to Goodwill. I didn't even sell anything. I took everything, put them in the bags, went to Goodwill, and basically went room by room by room in my entire house and got rid of anything that didn't feel good. I can't describe it to you. This was part of the shift. It was, I, I was seeing things not as though like, well, I use this and I don't use this anymore. It wasn't like that. This was more so like an energetic clearing is what I'm going to call it, where the things which when I was near them, it felt like it dampened my energy. I got rid of it just like that. And I know it sounds weird and I know it sounds freaky, but that's honest to God what happened and that's what I did. And it began a, an improvement where I felt lighter inside, if that makes sense. And it was, you know, that happens every time you clear stuff out, like that's part of it lightens you up. It's like if you're traveling with a car, you get better gas mileage and greater fuel efficiency. If you're not carrying so much weight or luggage in the car, same thing with your life is that when you do these sort of purgings, it has this energetic clearing effect on you. And it, and it translates directly into your mind where you're able to think clearer. Your energy stores are, are resumed, are restored rather, and now you, you're not sitting with yourself and the noise. You, everything that you're getting rid of, your mind is becoming more calm and more clear and more quiet. And that's when you hear the answer of what the next steps are. But regardless of, of where you look or, or what path that you're on, you're never you'll never be able to hear or see the next thing for you when you're dealing with all of that noise. And that's one of the reasons why I'm such a strong advocate about having a very strong morning routine. Okay, for my people who are at that point, you're at that transition point. And I don't care if I'm talking to entrepreneur, I don't care if I'm talking to a person who is very, very driven and high up the ranks in their detailed job. Uh, this applies on the relationship front as well, is that how you spend the first two hours of your day largely determines how the rest of your day is going to go. And when you're at these major transition points, it's very taxing on your body because even though you may not be active in doing a lot of things, your internal dialogue is functioning at such a high level. And the changes which are happening inside of you are, I don't know how you would ever measure them, honestly, with like a scientific instrument, but I can tell you it's very, very taxing and you can get very, very fatigued during it. The internal work is so so massive your external world is not changing it's everything is happening inside of you and this again is following a major shift but it's like you are clearing out the old and you're rebuilding from the inside out so how you in this case this is a life change for yourself 
how your life changes and heals and rebuilds is exactly how the human body does. Okay, the human body heals from the inside out, from top to bottom, and then in the reverse order of whatever symptom onset you had. And that's exactly what happens when you are, let's say, rebuilding your life following a major transition, following a major shift, is that you heal from the inside out, from heart work, okay? And once you get right in your heart, it starts translating out and then from top to bottom and then in the reverse order of the things, you know, that hurt you. Does that make sense? Aha, starting to get some parallels here. So I know like, woo, it's like your anvil on the head moment. Okay, and that's how it is. But it can be very challenging when you're going through this kind of transition if you have nobody to talk to about it because it's happening at such a fast velocity and you're just like, oh my God, this is crazy. Like I can't even tell anybody. Again, I'm here to tell you that this is normal. You're 100% safe. You have to allow yourself to go with the flow. Okay, so even when you find yourself at that lowest point as I did. Okay, like if you were to look at me, she's got symptoms of like clinical depression. This was something different than that. This wasn't depression. This wasn't something that I needed to talk about. This was something, this was like fundamental cracking down to the bare core. And I can tell you that I've only been able to do that with God, that I had to get quiet and be with him so that this next go around, if you would, I'm going to bring all of my knowledge and all the wisdom and life lessons that I've learned up to this point to build the next phase, if you would. But at this point in time, I can't do it out there. It's got to be done internal. And not just with concepts and theories. There has to be a fundamental heart change which occurs here. And I know I'm speaking to somebody on this podcast with this one. Okay? So you're not crazy. The key is for you to get quiet. Okay? And do the work. That's all that it is. Whether this is forgiveness... This is reconciling a relationship. This is making peace with your past. This is calling attention to the elephant in the room or the elephants in the room that you've been out of alignment with who it is that you want to become with your internal life versus your external life. And once you own that, like, I promise you, your life will never be the same. I'm not saying that it's going to be easy, but it starts to take off and it starts to launch in a brand new and most beautiful way. And you'll never be able to go back to how things were before. Just like I said on the last podcast, it's like outgrowing a pair of shoes. You cannot fit your foot into a shoe which is two sizes smaller than what you wear. It doesn't work same thing. 
you can't go backwards. I think the challenging thing with it is that the people who know you, you're changing so radically that when you're around people who only operate with that left side of their brain, that logical brain, you're not going to be able to relate to them. You know, many times they, they will try to get you to stay where you are because they're worried about you. They're worried about, you know, in my case, they're worried about my financial future. Like if she's, she's changing and she's not staying over here, like we never had to worry about her. She was set and we rely on her to be that point person to go to. Like this, <laughs> this is not normal Nikki procedure. Like they're going to start to reflect their anxieties upon you. And I want to assure you that deep inside, when you are honoring your, your, your shift and you're learning to trust yourself or you're embracing the trust of yourself to a different level. Because you already know how to trust yourself. I forgot who I'm talking to here. <laughs> then you're still going to be able to, despite the demons that you're that you're going to be confronting and dealing with forward, you're still going to be able to operate in a space of of conviction, even while you're moving over these speed bumps and it's creating a lot of internal chaos for you. Does that make sense? So you're still steering the ship forward. It's just now you're, you're on the track following the shift and you are tending to the details and ironing out the wrinkles of chaos and drama because you know that once you do that, you come out the other end and things are smooth and they're nice and they're clean and they're fresh for you to begin again or start over. I know these couple podcasts, like they were freaking deep, but I wanted, I just, I, this, it's not just me who's going through this. Every time I have a major shift like this myself, there's always at least 10 other people who are going through the same junk. So I want to give you that voice of clarity, be that voice of clarity for you and help you to know, like, number one, I'm your point person. Like I've been there. I totally get it. People out there are probably not going to get it. I, I get it. I've been through it. My coaches have been through it. <laughs> And so you're actually moving to a brand new field for yourself. It's good. You're going to have to do work to course correct and make sure that you're putting all of your little, your ducks in a row moving forward, but you're doing so because you have that faith and the hope that once you are completed with those details, okay, you have this nice structure and everything is set, but you have to be firmly invested in, in that change, in that process. But you can't jump over some of those core fundamental issues. If you're at that place, like, <laughs> shit, man, I just, like, I just can't even, the thought of this is just like, whew. I can't do it. 
like God is always there. Okay. I firmly believe that he answered my prayer that one second he woke me up. He took me over to the closet. It made no sense. I just made a bag of clothing, took it to Goodwill and then came home the next day. I wasn't even thinking about it. Just immediately like went to the closet and pulled out, you know, was it 12 bags of clothing? It was the same sort of shift that occurred for me when I made the decision to become a nurse. I think that's probably the part of the detail of the story that I've never really, you know, put out there. That I went into school on a pre-med course. I was a psych major, which no, (laughs) the guidance counselor was so not appreciative of that one. (laughs) And that was my path. So I was already up taking calc, taking bio, all the pre-med electives. I never wanted to be a nurse, never, never. I bad mouth nursing, I said there's like professional like pill passers, like I never wanted to be a nurse. And I tell you, I was seated, I went to school at Loyola on the north side of Chicago. There's a bunch of, it's, it's different now, it's built up and really pretty now, but at the time it was plain. There was just a bunch of rocks that were on the shore of Lake Michigan just to prevent from erosion. I was sitting on the rocks. The, the waves were kind of like crashing up and literally I was there one day when I was in school and it wasn't like I heard a voice. It was literally like this one moment where I stood up and I said, you know what, I'm going to be a nurse now. And I walked straight over to the nursing school, filled out an application and I started nursing classes the following semester. Like it was literally that shift happened so abruptly and I stood up and took action about it and moved on a brand new path and the rest is history. And yes, I had to work super hard and yes, you know, it ended up being this giant beautiful thing that I, I never even wanted to even do to begin with, but I know that God took me in that direction. And so it was with that same level of clarity and trust just by him, in this case, answering my prayer. I had had the shift already. I didn't know what the hell to do with it. But that one day I was at my lowest point, like seriously, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm fitting to die in this damn bed. <laughs> You're going to find me in here? I'm going to be all nasty? I'm going to be melting into the mattress? Like, <laughs> right? And no, like if you don't help me right now, I'm going to die in this damn bed. And he was like, um, no, I'm not done with you yet. <laughs> Go over to the closet. It was like, it was literally that instantaneous like that. And that's one of the reasons why I have this podcast, right? The goal of this podcast is to shorten that time period between idea, inception, and execution. Bam, here's the idea already. You're up in, you're up in action. That's the goal. That's that's the key to success in any endeavor, whether you're talking about heart work, whether you're talking about champion mindset training, you're talking about health and fitness, you're talking about putting yourself on a path to court a woman in the way that she deserves to be courted and then ultimately build a marriage together, keeping God center whether this has to do with how you plan on managing and using your finances, 
Okay, so it's, it's all the same thing that you can't have a lot of lollygag time between, oh, I think that one day, maybe on January 1st, my New Year's resolution, I should kind of sort of thinking about, you know, what I should do. And this is this magical time. The shift never happens on accordance with a freaking bureaucratic calendar or a time clock. The shifts happen on their own. Okay, you're just becoming more aware of your own shit or you are becoming just like God's moving you in a different direction. His timing is so not our timing. That's just how the man works. Now, for those of us who are more strong-willed individuals, I will say that he taps us on the shoulder and he whispers to us and probably we don't pay attention. Okay. <laughs> it's not until he yanks you by your collar and he's like, nope, we're not doing it over there. Or he pushes you into the pool that you've been neglecting to go into. <laughs> like he can work like that too. Okay. So how the shift plays out in your life is always going to depend on, on you. But I'm here to tell you that I've been in those places where you are low and it seems like I can't get any, I can't even get any oxygen at this point. And I've been in the places where you seem kind of like a kite and you get a little bit of momentum underneath your wings. And then it's kind of like, you know, if you pull the kite and then it goes down towards the ground and it's like, duh, 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 like that. I've been in those places too you still don't ever veer off of the forward direction. Even though you fall down, you scrape your knees on the gravel, you get kicked in the teeth or, you know, roundhouse to the, to, to the chest, whatever. You always have to have some sort of an ace up your sleeve on what it is that you're going to do next to pull yourself up, to get yourself out, to move yourself in the forward direction. And for my advanced coaches, we talk about the role of God in our lives all the time. Like that's what he's there for. That's he's your mobile shout out when you think that you have nobody left. Okay, you want to know the irony of something? So I'm recording this podcast. I'm sitting in a parking lot at Mariano's, which is one of my newest favorite stores. Stores I love it in there, and I'm thinking about how your life, you're you're breaking down one aspect of your life following major shifts, and then you're rebuilding it. So it's a it's a majorly destructive process. And right behind me, pulls up a truck from Iron Mountain and you know what their slogan is here? Secure destruction you can trust. That's honestly what I feel God does following a major shift. It's secure. It's like an oxymoron. It's secure destruction you can trust. All right? But it it requires you to be quiet so that you can hear him. It requires you to be quiet so that you can filter out and shave off the things which are just destructive or distracting noises to keep you busy, to keep you off course and off of focus from what you need to be tending with with the now. Many times when you are in a new transition, phase after your tipping point 
okay? You have to do some breaking down before you can do building back up again. All right, so I want to assure you that if that's you, you are 100% safe and it seems completely illogical and irrational, which is why I strongly encourage you to remain very, very tightly bound with God during these phases so that you can hear his promptings and ensure that you're not just responding to for you what me what may be a very very emotionally charged event because what we can't afford to do is make snap reactions based on temporary feelings and by the same token when shifts occur you cannot afford to have yourself controlled and and twisted by fear and worry which come from the left side of your brain the logical side of your brain okay you want to remain in the middle in that peaceful place and be making all of your decisions from that point forward from a place of peace and power rather than fear or worry or desperation okay anxiety and all of that happens following the shift. So I hope that that brings some peace and some clarity to the place where you're at. And I also hope that with that little bit of insight, that that puts you in a position to be able to help other people who are moving through those transition phases because it can be a very, very dark and lonely place. And many people don't have that high level coaching and that high level training to be able to negotiate their ways. And I feel oftentimes like that's what causes people to spin off into these radical places and they end up in terminal therapy sometimes with no hopes of getting out when it, it's, it may not be that they have necessarily a psychological disturbance. It's, it's, they've swung so wildly the other way. And again, please, I come from a medical background. I firmly believe that there are people who require psychological assistance, okay? If that's you, if that's somebody that you love, like make sure that you tend to those issues, okay? And seek out the professionals, that's what they're there for. Coaching is where you come when you are committed to moving forward. Okay, it, it's, a, it's a different dimension. But our goal with this academy and our goal with this podcast is to build a community of very, very high level individuals who are able to look to the right and the left or to the group of people whom they lead and be able to show those people the way. And sure, like, okay, you're gonna, you're gonna go through this stuff, you're gonna have to work. It's not gonna be all sunshine and roses, okay? But just because people say things and they may hurt your feelings or they may do things which are very hurtful to you, it may cause you temporarily to have emotions, but you don't veer off your course. Does that make sense? You're still remaining on your course. 
you may get into a situation where what you're experiencing or the things that you're being asked to do, like they're not in accordance with your value system. We're not saying that living by your value system or doing what is right is easy by any means. But it always ends up working out to your best interest. Because you can't lie to yourself. Once you have a shift, you cannot go back to pretending like there is no elephant in the room. Or that what I'm being asked to do is okay just this once. It's very, very, it, it narrows your margins for sway from your value system, from what you know to be is right. Does that make sense? And that's okay, all right? In fact, it's more than okay, it's great for you to be able to live that sort of life. The next aspect of it becomes, okay, (laughs) there it is, what the hell do I do with this now? Okay, because you still have responsibilities to provide for yourself, to provide for your family, right? And then there's the next level of it. But you're operating on a different different plane now. And especially when you're operating on it with God, you no longer are sitting in the car by yourself. You're with him and he may not even be driving the vehicle. Maybe you're driving the vehicle. He's sitting in the co-pilot seat telling you where to go. He's letting you feel like you have control, but ultimately he's the one who's telling you where it is that you're going next. And when you see a storm coming up, you're freaking out about it. And he's, he's the passenger that falls asleep while you're driving. And you're like, are you serious right now? Like, don't you like, can you see those clouds up there? I mean, like what, how can you sleep right now? (laughs) And he's like, what? It's fine keep going you know and you're like okay and that's what I'm here to tell you that's really why I so strongly not only do I live it but that's why I've built a coaching practice that has the spiritual component to it because there's things which are so far beyond just a strict mindset and believe you me I have my mindset coaches okay Tim Grover like How much stronger of a mindset coach do you possibly need, (laughs) right? But it's different when you're negotiating life transitions sometimes, especially if it's one where, in this case, you know, God has a call on your life. He's pulling you in a different direction. You have, your resources are suddenly no longer there. You have a destruction in your, your social circle. Like life as you knew it is no longer like there anymore. Yes, you can have champion mindset, and that still is largely a part of what positions you through those different times, and it gives you the tenacity and the grit to persevere. But if you're not corrected or fueled by what essentially is the heart work, you will have that asynchrony between your heart and your mind And you're not going to be very productive moving forward. Or if you are, what you're trying to do 
will still come out at a different time. It's just going to come out all weird and it's going to cause major cracks in your relationships. I know, that's like the hard and heavy truth. But I just got to put that out there for you, okay? Case for action is to, you know, do it, do it. Just do it. Like Nike says, just do it. There's nothing to fear. You're fine, okay? As long as you have breath in your nostril, okay? <laughs> your other friends, they may not be doing this. You're fine, okay? But anybody who's been called to go to a different or higher level has always had to make a decision, whether this is a profound, life-changing decision or just an average decision on where I am right now, it no longer serves me. There's a shift, there's a fundamental shift, and I'm, I'm taking this program and I'm moving it off of this track onto a different one. And now that I'm on this different track, it's not like a lateral job transfer in any way. This is as though I have a, a, a dilapidated structure that needs to be broken down. I need to level and clear the field. I need to pour a firm foundation and then build on those fundamentals. And that's what you do step by step from the inside out, from top to bottom and in the reverse order of symptom onset. Whoa. So apparently, <laughs> my shift, which was leading up to this podcast, okay, not the big one that I had when, you know, I had that issue, you know, I was cleaning out my, my closet and all that, that was several years ago. All right, so fast forward, I think five years now, here I am. And what happened to me that prompted this, these past couple podcasts were for the past probably week or so, I've had this unrest and this is what happens to me whenever I'm about to birth I call it birth like a majorly creative thing and sometimes it's a lot of information and other times one time this happened to me before I remember one night I couldn't a couple nights I couldn't sleep so I was up for like I don't know two days I, I just, I was so restless. You know how like a dog, before they sit down, like, you ever see this? Like they kind of like turn in a circle and then they go back the other way and they're like trying to find a spot. And then finally they just like, they sit on the ground. And you're like, why, why do they do this? Like they're getting ready to sit down. And that's what it's like when I'm birthing an idea. And one night that happened to me and the only thing that came out was, I think the cover of, of a book. That was it. It was, it was like, this is it. This is why I've been so uncomfortable. And that's what I've been experiencing like the past week of this kind of unrest and not being able to sit and not be able to concentrate. I've not been able to come up with creative ideas on social media, like nothing. And lo and behold, here we have a couple of, I feel, pretty strong podcasts on honoring the shift. Like, how do we start to build you from that ground up? And even more so, what happens before that time, that transition point? So welcome to, you know, the transition queen. That's me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Isn't that crazy? So you're fine. All right. Again, if you're at that point, you have an anchor leg checklist. Okay, you need to keep yourself grounded. 
you need to remain congruent as you're moving through a shift it becomes a very 24 hour by 24 hour sort of strategy this is not necessarily long-term strategy this is you're in the moment you stay congruent with your prayer life stay congruent with your nutrition stay congruent with your workouts even if it means yoga as opposed to weight training or high intensity anything you're in the flow with yoga you're fine you still need to have blood moving through your body okay get the sleep that you need oftentimes when you're moving through a shift a major one that internal work it's the equivalent of very very high intensive physical training so you're probably going to need more sleep than usual okay stay tight with god and commit to your path you can 100 percent do this and let's get ready to go thank you for joining bye bye